friends. Welcome to Dig the Plot Podcast. I'm Jada Atwood. It's Super Bowl weekend. Um, Are you watching it? Do you care? I don't care. I will not be watching it. Our kids are excited about it. I've had to record my podcast early today. Had to hurry up and get it ready and get down here and get it done because our big screen TV is downstairs and they want to watch it and eat snacks. And I love that they're excited about it. And actually, there were some kids at church this morning that were just could not wait for it. And I'm not going to put a downer on anybody that wants to watch it. It's just not for me. I used to watch it years ago because of the halftime show or because of the commercials. It's just not really what it once was. And also, I'm not a huge music fan. When I'm in the car, I'm either in complete silence or occasionally I will listen to a podcast, but you will never find that I'm listening to music. My, um, how do I say this? What I know about music comes from what I hear in reels or maybe on TikTok. That's how I know music is if it's played in a video on social media. I just don't listen to the radio. And I'm not a Swifty. I've never been a Swifty. I don't care for her. I don't enjoy her. And it's, you know, just is what it is. There's lots of artists that I don't enjoy, but for some reason, people get so offended when you don't like her. Well, I mean, I can't think of anybody just right off because, again, I don't listen. Yeah, you know, I, I probably don't like Jelly Roll. That's just someone who's come to mind. But, you know, people get so defensive if you don't like Taylor Swift, but I just don't care for her. I don't care for her music. I don't You know, I'm just going to say I don't care for her politics either, but we're not going to get into that this week because I did enough of that last week with Holly by Stephen King. So let's talk about books. The first book today, oh, it's a good one. I touched briefly on it last week, and it's What Lies Between Us by John Mars, and it is another five-star read by him. One sentence to sum this book up completely would go like this. It's a dark and twisted tale of intense love and hatred, and that's exactly what it is. So Maggie lives in the attic and spends her days watching her neighbors go about their lives. Do they miss me, she wonders. Maggie's life now consists of being chained to the floor and living inside a soundproof room. How did she get there? Does she deserve to be there? Her daughter Nina believes that she does. Nina believes that Maggie has done many, many unforgivable things, and now she must be punished. Now, Maggie is her daughter. Maggie has spent her life protecting her daughter Nina, but now who do you believe? This is told from alternating points of view between Maggie and Nina, and each one paints a clear picture of their side of the story. And there's going to be, like, the majority of this book that you won't know which one is crazier or even who to believe. And I'm going to tell you, I could not read this book fast enough. It's filled with suspense, and you will never, ever, or I don't think you will, predict the ending. And, I'm, and you know, when I read books like this where I can't put it down and I'm reading as fast as I can go, I'm typically not sitting there trying to predict the ending. I'm just trying to get to it so I can see what it is. There are so many secrets and so many plot twists that it's going to make your head spin. And this mother-daughter relationship, gosh, it's very disturbing. And I loved every single bit of it. I loved all the disturbing moments in this book. 
I read a question and answer with author John Mars on Goodreads, and he was asked if he enjoyed creating one character over the other. So at the beginning, he said, yeah, you know, I enjoyed creating both of them. And he said, Maggie is a little more wistful. She's the voice of experience. And then Nina is full of anger, spite, and self-satisfaction. And then he went on to say, ah, you know what? I enjoyed Nina a little bit more. It's easier to create someone like that. So that gives you a little bit of insight into who you're dealing with with these characters. Also, another interesting fact is that when he initially started writing the book, he sat down with his publisher. You know, and of course, you got to come up with a name, and it was the woman upstairs. He's like, there's tons of those, and they were never satisfied with it, and I'm glad that they weren't. I'm glad that they changed it to What Lies Between Us because there is a ton, ton, ton of things that lies between them. I just um, feel like that would have just, I don't know, that book would have just blended in with all the other hundreds of books that's named that. So, you know, I don't really know where I'm going to go from here with John Mars. He has, our, the two books that I have chosen by him have set the bar so high I guess I'm going to probably do some research. I actually tried to skim a few summaries before I come down here to record this just to see if I could quickly pick one out, and I could not. Uh, the Passenger is one that's mentioned a lot by people that they really enjoy, but I don't want to pick one that's going to disappoint me. So I might put a little little effort into what I choose next by him because these two, um, man, they've just been great. All right, the next book is... Like Mother, Like Daughter by Kimberly McCreet. I actually read this probably last November, so it's been a few months. I am really behind on these reviews. This book will be published on July 9th, so you have a little bit of time to think about it. <clears throat> but thanks to NetGalley and Knopf Pantheon Vintage and Anchor Publishing. It's quite a name. I gave this book three stars. And I want to note that this author wrote Reconstructing Amelia. I don't think I've ever talked about that book on here. It is one of my all-time favorite books. I actually bought it just because I wanted to have it. It's one of those that I thought I might go back and read, and I'm probably not. I mean, let's face it. There's too many other books to read to go back and reread one, but I really may try to hopefully keep this in the forefront of my mind and review that someday on here because I really did enjoy it. So definitely go back and read that one if you've not. So the summary of Like Mother, Like Daughter goes like this. Cleo is a student at NYU, and she arrives late for dinner with her mom. When she arrives, the food is burning in the oven, and there's no sign of her mother Kat. Then Cleo finds her mom's bloody shoe under the sofa. Now, Kat and Cleo are the exact opposite. Cat, the mom, is the essence of perfection. She's happily married, has a successful corporate, oh, and is a successful corporate lawyer, excuse me. Cleo, on the other hand, has trouble controlling her emotions and takes risks that has created a rift between mother and daughter. But Cat has a secret. She's not a lawyer. She's her firm's fixer. She fixes things, and she's really, really good at it. This book, uh, there's just so much going on. I just found it difficult to keep up with everything. I'm sure some of it was kind of throw in, threw in to keep the reader from figuring out how it was going to end. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> it's just too, there's just too much. I enjoyed the mother-daughter storyline, but I could have done without the pharmaceutical aspect of the story. The family plot 
should have been the only one dug in this book. I was on information overload. Whew, it just made me lose interest so quickly because there was just so much, and I didn't feel like half of it even related to what was going on. Then the ending just came out of nowhere. It I don't even know where it came from, and I don't enjoy that. I don't like spending my entire time of a book and then something being thrown at me out of left field that I could have never even thought of. I mean, it didn't even fit with what was happening. There was just too many things that were too far-fetched. And that's kind of why I give it three stars. I can really see a lot of people liking this. So I really didn't want to give it two. And then I didn't want to really go higher than three. But just some of my pet peeves is what kept me from going any higher. And then I didn't want to knock it down too low. Because, you know, it really is a solid read. And this is a really good author. So you might enjoy it. But it won't be out till July. Okay, the next book is Our Kind of Cruelty by Armenta Hall. Oh my goodness, I've had this book forever, like years on my shelf. I read one of the good guys on NetGalley, which I still have to talk about on here, and it's not going to be out for just a little bit. But as soon as I finished reading that, I had to go get this book. Because in a lot of the reviews that I read or people were posting or things that I saw on the other book, people were mentioning Our Kind of Cruelty. I'm like, huh got that on my shelf. Why haven't I read that? So I went and dug it out. So Mike Hayes fought his way out of a brutal childhood and into a quiet, lonely life. Then he met Verity Metcalf. Side note, why are all the crazy women named Verity? Because they are. <laughs> I don't think I've met a normal, sane Verity. Well, I've never met one in real life, but in books. She taught him about love and Mike dedicated his life to making her happy. He found the perfect home, the perfect job. He dedicated his life to just make sure that everything he did would make her happy. He also sculpted himself into the physical ideal that Verity had always wanted, you know, that just her ideal man. He knows that they're going to be blissfully happy. Does it matter that she's not been returning his emails or his phone calls? Really does it matter that she says she's marrying Angus? It's all just a part of the secret game called Crave, that they used to play. He thinks they're still playing it. If Mike watches her closely enough, he's going to be able to see the signs, the little tales that she's still playing the game and she still wants him. <laughs> oh, my Lanta. I, could not, I couldn't even wrap my head around what this book is. I, I'm going to go ahead and pre, pre, preface, I had a little trouble with that, preface this by saying that this book will not be for everyone, and it will not be, but I adored it. It's told from only one point of view, and that's Crazy Mikey H., but is he really crazy? I mean, you really don't know. I did grow a little weary of him saying, I crave you. But that was all a part of the game. Completely understand it. This book will leave you with way more questions than answers. And to me, that's called excellent writing. It's the epitome of dark and twisted. Several reviews were disappointed. They really wanted Verity's side of the story. But that's what made this, I mean, that's just what made this book different and set it apart from all the other books. It, it does get a little daunting when you're reading an entire book from one point of view. And, I mean, his whole goal is getting Verity back. He knows they're playing this game. So I will say there could be a lot of repetition, and you could kind of get bogged down a little bit here or there, but then something will happen, and it will pull you right back out. Trust me, <clears throat> I really did like this book. And 
oddly enough, of course, they say the word crave a ton, C-R-A-V-E, in case you can understand what I'm saying, but you know, I crave you, we're doing the crave, we're going to go out, whatever. So in our neighboring town, I don't know, that's 18, 20, maybe 24 miles. I don't know if that's not important to this whatsoever. Down the road, we when you take a little side road to go to their main street, there is actually a business called Crave. And I just noticed it a couple weeks ago. And I thought that was so funny because they say this so much. And I've passed this a million times. I, I'm assuming it's a restaurant. I really don't know what it is. But I just thought how strange because that is like the focal point of this book is this game. And it's called Crave. So highly recommended Armenta Hall. I really love the last two books that I've read. Again, I'm setting the bar high for some of these authors. I've not really looked into what else that she has written, but this is really good. And it is an older book, so it's going to be really easy for you to get. Um, what am I reading now? I am reading the last Mrs. Parrish. Is that what I'm reading? I think I did this last week. I actually... Um, Picked up my iPad because I couldn't remember, but I'm going to have to because I absolutely cannot remember what I'm, what it's called. But it's it's the next in that series, you know, the last Mrs. Parrish, the next Mrs. Parrish, all of those Mrs. Parrishes. I'm going to look it up because I've already started and I'm not stopping. The next Mrs. Parrish by Liv Constantine. So that's what I'm currently reading. So far, it's not bad. I'm sure some of you are saying, uh, Jada, this is a series book. And yeah, it kind of is. But they've put enough in it because I do. That's a, that's another reason that I don't enjoy series books. I can't remember. I mean, I make notes on every single thing I read because I am a horrible, horrible person when it comes to sitting down and writing a review. I don't know why, but if I could just write it as soon as I finish reading it, life would be so much easier on me. But I don't, and I so I take tons of notes when I when I read. But I can't remember. So when I read series books, if there's any time lapse between them coming out, I have no clue what happened in that last book. But I will say she has done an excellent job at just giving enough for me to go, oh, yeah, that's that's what happened. So, so far, so good. I don't know. I'm probably like four chapters in, so who knows. And then I also just finished probably in two days. And if I had been at home and not working, I could have finished this in one day. But Imaginary Strangers by Minka Kent. Oh my goodness, it is so good. The publication date on that won't be till July 23rd. So we've got time to review that. But Minka Kent, I'm going to have to really look into her because I've read several things by her by chance and they have been excellent. So that's it for this week. Join me next week, and we are definitely, the one book that we are definitely going to look at is the new Katie Brent book. I actually pre-ordered it. It came out on February 1st, and I ordered it in January just so, like it was going to be a surprise <laughs> when I got on my iPad on Thursday, February the 1st, and this book was here like it just magically appeared, but I love Katie Brent. So we will definitely review that one next week and then a few of these others that I mentioned. So that's it. Be sure and join me next week. Thanks for listening to this week's Dig the Plot. Be sure and follow me on Instagram at digtheplot underscore. Join me next week. See you then.